0: Welcome to Top Shelf Tech. Today we are talking with Simon Alicia from AWS about the recent announcement of the new edge locations in New Zealand. Simon, welcome along and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, do you want to just start by introducing yourself a little bit and your role in AWS?
1: Sure. Yeah, I'm Director of uh, Technology and Transformation here at AWS for uh, public sector across Australia and New Zealand. Um, I spend most of my time with our senior customers, helping them understand what they can do with technology, what they shouldn't do with technology, and also some of the uh, the cultural and organisational change that goes along with adopting a new way of working and, and a new set of technologies that are available. I also lead our, our teams across the region uh, in terms of the work they do with our customers, so it's a, it's a pretty uh, fun job.
0: Awesome, and look, really exciting announcement for uh, you guys yesterday to launch in New Zealand with uh, Edge Nodes, a couple of them in Auckland, I understand. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what, what that actually means? What, what, are, what are AWS Edge Nodes? What services does that bring to New Zealand?
1: Sure, so this this brings a, a capability into, into Auckland in particular um, to service the whole of New Zealand, which is uh, Amazon CloudFront. And Amazon CloudFront is a, a content distribution network uh, that both serves static content and also streaming content. It's really useful for obviously bringing content closer to users and uh, starting the streaming process faster. It also acts as a cache. So if you've got lots of people accessing data, it, it helps improve that. So, for example, uh, you know, TVNZ uses it as part of their uh, on-demand, TVNZ on-demand service. So that that time to first
0: byte becomes really important. But as well mm-hmm. as just that, oh, i sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. It's so re- really good for that user experience piece. And I think, you know, when you're talking about streaming as well, you're not now pulling streams down from Australia across the Tasman. So quick to start high quality um, improvements, um, presumably in there as well.
1: Yeah, it definitely allows that sort of you know unconstrained bandwidth type experience. But the, the biggest effect I think most uh, most customers will see is up to fifty percent uh, speed improvement in terms of latency. So that's 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 noticeable in terms of uh, your just your day to day experience of how snappy your screens are and apps are and and downloads
0: are. I, I think that's a that's a really key point as well. A lot of people think about bandwidth and they think about that uh, in terms of how it relates to user experience, but the latency piece, that's that, you know, does it feel fast to me as the end user when I'm going to that website, when I'm loading it up, does, you know, yeah. my content No one wants to wait for the spinny ball thing to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right, that's right. Uh, that's also awesome news to hear that's um, come down to New Zealand, Simon, and um, of course, there's a number of security features as well that are wrapped into the edge nodes. Can you elaborate on that a bit?
1: Yeah, so, so I think one of the really interesting things is it allows you to have access to both uh, AWS Shield and Shield Advanced, and these are a variety of security protections, particularly against DDoS attacks and other types of network threats. You know, something we recognize is that customers are trying to fight these off all the time. And it's a really, it's almost a mystical dark art in terms of fending these off. And so by having uh, the edge location in uh, in New Zealand, it also adds to the, the whole network that we have of well over 200 locations around the world that allow you to put that level of protection in front of your application to protect you from things like DDoS attacks, reflection attacks, all the other kinds of things. And just to give you a sense of sort of the the, the number of attacks we see happening globally, you know, in 2018, we helped defeat over 84,000 different attacks. And one of the attacks was particularly large. It was a 1.4 terabits per second memcache reflection attack. So you can see how the attacks are getting bigger. So the defense has to be even bigger than the attack can cope with.
0: And, look, putting that into context, recently we've had a spate of DDoS attacks in New Zealand and, you know, the aggregate total of those was said to reach around 160 uh, gigabits per second. Of course, that's the aggregate total. Individual size, uh, sites being attacked uh, would have been expected uh, expected to be less than that. So you're talking about, ten, you know, having defeated, um, actually performed, you know, because these, these impacted these sites that were attacked, performed and mitigated an attack 10 times the, the size of that.
1: Yeah, and the the mitigation is key. You're spot on because you don't want to have the attack happen, the site becomes unavailable, then you're fixing it. This is all about defeating the attacks at the edge, hence the edge interest of, of this particular deployment because it means that as a customer, you're worried about deploying your application and providing service to your customers and you've got a group of global experts looking after that whole domain and becoming experts in that domain. And it's hard. You know, these, these attacks are sophisticated. They're, they're unusual. They're ever-evolving. And so by getting a global view of this, we know when an attack's happening, oh, yeah, this is one of those ones. Here's how we can easily mitigate it. We've seen this before. Or here's something new. Here's a new new method to defeat that as well. Without the customers having to worry about that at all. It's really about taking them away from that undifferentiated heavy lifting of defending
0: against an attack. And to some extent the uh, you know, the nodes in Auckland are only a very small part of that story. You mentioned um the global network that you've got. And I think um probably one one of the key points there is if it's legitimate traffic and you're serving a customer on the other side of the world, they hit the closest node. And so actually they're getting an experience, uh, even though you may still be hosted out of Sydney, that's um that's snappy, like we've talked about, really high performing. Um and, and similar from a DDoS protection, you're not bringing all the traffic back to, say, Auckland or Sydney to protect against it. So that global network is, um, is a real advantage. It, it is. It, it pushes traffic out to the closest uh,
1: location that it needs to be. And, and you're right, that includes both you know, from a positive perspective of customers having a great interaction, but also from a negative perspective of fighting off the attackers far away and and you know what i love about new zealand is you know new zealand has always punched above its weight on the world stage um and we're not going to talk about rugby union at all at this <laughs> in this discussion um that's off limits i'm afraid um but um but you know i look at companies like Xero who who really are just a global success story and for them it's not about hosting just for new zealand customers it's global customers and they can use the same cloud um, uh, content distribution network, they can use the same mitigations, plus they also use a a technology called Global Accelerator, which can allow you to route traffic of your customers to the closest region if you're deployed in a regional manner too. That's also available in this edge location that we've deployed as well. So lots of really cool things to let New Zealand be part of the world again.
0: It it sounds complicated, but um, Route 53 integration with these services in uh, reality, makes this quite simple to to deploy, doesn't it?
1: That's the deceptive part. It's 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 literally a five minute job to get your uh, your cloud for CloudFront distribution up and running. Um, if you're already using CloudFront. It's already included now, so you didn't even have to do anything. Um, it, it, the, the setting it's, set, it's kind of set and forget, and up and go, and away you, you just go. It's, it's not a long process. O- often it's interesting with customers these days. I find we spend more time debating whether we're going to do something than the time of actually doing it, which is very different to how IT was even you know, five years ago or ten years ago, where you'd have these big debates and then wait six to twelve months for it to actually happen. Um, now it's like, do you
0: want to do this? Yes, click. Yeah, okay, two, <laughs> next two, problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's not nice and easy, and I think that is really important because uh, when you're talking about uh traditionally how you deploy these technologies and how you try to get that experience and you know good user experience globally and uh, uh, you know uh, security mitigations globally. It, it it was hard work. So that turnkey experience from a an administrator's perspective, a AWS um experts perspective is actually um really compelling. You know, the the ability to respond to something very quickly or or, you know, with a low investment up front, get in place a service like this.
1: And that's the thing. It's it is pay as you go, pay for what you use. So wow. you're not having to fork out big dollars to to get a a service you may or may not use. You use it. You're paying as you go for what you use. And the other nice thing is is often people find when they move from their existing CDN provider to to CloudFront, it's actually significantly cheaper as well. So it's it's one of those um, you know less common scenarios where someone says here's something's hmm. better and it's actually cheaper as well. It's like well, where's the decision? There's no decision here. Let's just go ahead.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, adding to that real world experience with the recent spate of DDoS attacks, um, there were a lot of people that were paying um, for quite expensive services and, uh, you know, maybe found out that either they weren't quite getting what they thought they were or quite what it said on the tin or just, you know, it's not backed by that hyperscale cloud. And that's, that's key, you know, hi, you know, hyperscale cloud to, deli- um, to actually deliver the processing power uh, to try to uh, deal with this stuff at the scale that you can, we, you know, we, um, we, we do put stuff in cloud. It is it is global.
1: And that's the thing is, you know, we have, we have a saying at Amazon, there's no compression algorithm for experience. And that's a nice way of saying is there's a lot of hard lessons to learn along the way. And if we can pass those on to our customers without them having to have the the pain of learning, it's a big win, and because you know security is always our highest priority in in everything we do, and our, our mental model is to build security into everything that we provide to our customers, and make it easy and cheap, if not free, to actually use it. So simple things like you know, if you want full disk encryption on your EC2 instances, you click a checkbox. That's it. Um, you want key management. It's there. You want encrypted S3? It's there. You want encrypted network links? They're all. It's just you know. It, it's just how it should be. Um, but, but I get you know. I've, I've been in IT for over thirty years now, and I remember when you know the decision for security was one of well, how much bad performance do I want to tolerate, and how much cost do I want to have, and how much complexity? That's off the table now. Everyone should be able to deploy super securely and have a great consumer experience.
0: Absolutely. So S- Simon, one of the other features that um, the int- Edge and Ode Springs is um, Lambda at each. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how that might be used by Cutter? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's a, it's a really e- interesting service. So, so Lambda just in in general is is our serverless capability. So it's it's the ability to deploy code without without servers, hence the serverless name. There's servers underneath there, but you're well abstracted away. What Lambda at Edge does is takes that compute processing capability and puts it at those different edge locations. So you can do custom processing of data on the way in and out, depending on what you're doing. So this may be, you know, you want to modify some headers as they're coming in or out, or you may want to filter certain types of traffic, or you may want to alter something before it gets to that particular customer, but not for all customers. So the Lambda at Edge is, is one of those uh, kind of Swiss army knife tools of, of lots of different things you can do to make your experience better. And, and one of the fascinating things I think about pretty much all of our services is, is whilst we build them for our customers with, the, with an intent, mm. we never know exactly what they're going to do with it. And that's good because you can make it do what you want it to do. And you can be deploying in, in Node.js or you can be deploying in, in Python, et cetera. You can use the language you want to use, but get that really great customer experience as close to the customer as possible. And that's what's super important. This is all, all this stuff that we're talking about is about your customer and how... Delighted the they are with the service they're using.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, and so that le- with Lambda at Edge, we've, we've maybe seen some similar capability in load balances in the past where you can modify traffic on the way through, but typically you're learning a different language, you're learning a different syntax. Uh, like you said, with Lambda, it's, uh, uh, Lambda at Edge, it's similar to Lambda, uh, absolutely serverless, and you're able to deploy in, Um, You know, they're in a number of different languages. So things you're already comfortable with, uh, which, again, I guess gets you to the point of going, I'm not thinking too much about the tech. I'm thinking about just how I modify that user experience and, um, and customize or personalize that. Yeah, there's this is real
1: move to, to just focusing on the business logic. And I think as, as an IT community, we've spoken about this for the longest time. Like even I started in mainframes and we're talking about business logic. But we've really got to a point now where you can say, I'm just going to focus on the business logic because I know I can run a Lambda um, in the region at the edge on a local device like a snowball. I can run it on on, on green grass as, as an IoT device. Like I don't have to relearn, like you say, every different modality. I can solve the problem. And then move the problem solution to where it
0: belongs. That's that's super powerful and just makes it easier as an architect to, to design things. Awesome. Well, look, thanks a lot for joining us today, Simon. Um, re- really appreciate your time. Really appreciate um, you know the investment AWS has made down in um, in New Zealand. And um, I think you know it's a great opportunity for Kiwi companies, in particular those that are looking to compete on the global stage, to to leverage to uh, you know services uh, like AWS uh, CloudFront and. Uh, you know, be able to deliver quality customer experiences and um, highly secure um, and protected services um, while they're at it. Uh, My pleasure. And one thing I'll I'll add is,
1: you know, this is available now. So this is not an announcement that it's coming. Um, You can jump into the console and get started today. So uh, we're we're big fans of making announcements for things that are available for our customers. So uh, I, I really look forward to hearing how people go with it.
0: Awesome. Thanks again for joining us, Simon. Cheers.